When you enter the promised land and you plant there any tree that produces fruit that can be eaten as food, you must at first block its fruit from use. Its fruit must be blocked for use for three years, which you must count from the time the tree was planted. The fruit produced by the tree during these three years must not be eaten even after these three years have passed. In the fourth year, all its fruit produced that will be of that year will be holy, and that it must be either brought to the temple city and eaten there or redeemed monetarily. In the latter case, the money must be brought to the temple city and be used to purchase food that you must then consume there, the same way of Master Shani, the second tithe, which we will discuss. The purpose of requiring you to visit the temple city is so that being there, you'll be inspired to offer praises to God. In the fifth year, you may eat the fruit freely. It's fruit from then on only subject to the other rules applied to produce. Since I know that you may resent having to care for a tree for four years without being allowed to eat its fruit, either at all or freely, I therefore inform you that as a reward for observing these restrictions, the fruit of the subsequent years will be both exceptionally abundant and exceptionally satisfying. Furthermore, whereas you must usually fulfill my commands without regard to any reward you might earn thereby, in this case you may fulfill these commandments expressly in order that the tree increase its produce for you in subsequent fruit-bearing years. I am God, your God, and you may rely on my promise. Blood. We spoke about it already. You must not eat the meat of an animal before its blood is fully shed. Although you are permitted to cut flesh from an animal as soon as it has been ritually slaughtered, you may not eat this flesh until the carcass has stopped moving, which is a different point on blood. Hair cutting and shaving. You must not round off the hair of your head, thereby making the border of your hair an even circle by removing the hair that covers the corners of your head in front of the ears, as in the peyote. One is not allowed to shave the peyote. You must not destroy any edge of the five edges of your beard, the chin, the two cheeks, and the two temple. That's up for discussion. Various people um, will say that you may do it with a kosher razor, and then there are others who take this quite literally and do not shave at all. And that's why I have a long beard. <laughs> Mourning. When a close relative, a parent, a sibling, a child, or a spouse dies, you must express your grief by observing the following mourning practices on the day of death until nightfall. You must rent your garments. You may not eat the second tithe, mysoshani, or any sacrifices. We're talking, obviously, in temple times. Regular priests must not offer up sacrifices or receive a share of skins of sacrifices offered during this time. In addition, you must eat a sudas havra, a meal of consolation, after the burial pre- prepared for you by non-mourners. We do this till today. And you must let your hair grow uncut for 30 days following the death. We also do this today. The Kohen Gadol, however, is not, the high priest is not allowed to observe any of these restrictions. It is proper to eulogize the dead. You must also observe mourning practices for Jewish leaders when they die, even if you're not a family member. Nevertheless, you must not mourn excessively. You must not make cuts in your flesh for a person who died, as do the Amorites in Israel. If you make multiple cuts in your flesh, you are liable for lashes. You may not etch a tattoo on yourself. I am God, who may be relied upon to punish for these prohibitions. Prostitution. You must not defile your unmarried daughter by making her a prostitute or otherwise permitting her to engage in extramarital relations, lest I punish you by making the land engage in prostitution, as in yield the produce you sow elsewhere, and lest the land be filled with immorality. The Shabbos and the Sanctuary. As you have been taught, you must observe my Shabbos even with regard to the construction of the Mishkan. You may not violate 
the Shabbos in order to re-erect the temple at any encampment in our imminent desert trek, nor in order to build a permanent temple once we reach the Promised Land. This injunction, however, shall not at all distract from the respect you offer the Mishkan. You must revere it. I am God. You must not turn to divination by propping up a corpse under your armpit and thereby making speak from it, which is a magic that people in ancient times knew how to do, or to divinate by placing the bone of an animal called a yadua in your mouth and thereby speaking from it. You must not seek to divine the future by these means and thereby spiritually defile yourself amongst them. I am God, your God. It is wholly inappropriate to seek enlightenment from spiritual sources other than me. And finally, for this aliyah, Respect for the wise and elderly. You must rise before a wise elderly person. In addition, you must respect one who is wise and elderly by not sitting in the place or explicitly contradicting them. Do not pretend not to notice and thus avoid troubling yourself to stand. Oh, I didn't notice that you were on the bus. Even though you may be able to deceive other people in this regard, you cannot deceive me. Respect your elders. I am God. However, according to the mitzvah, you're not required to show honor to an elderly person who has not acquired wisdom, although the custom is to show respect to all elderly.